Our scripture today comes from the book of Colossians chapter 3, beginning with verse 12. Therefore, as God's choice, holy and loved, put on compassion, humility, gentleness, kindness, and patience. Be tolerant with each other, and if someone has a complaint against anyone, forgive each other. As the Lord forgave you, so also forgive each other. And over all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. The peace of Christ must control your hearts, a peace into which you were called in one body. And be thankful people. The word of Christ must live in you richly, teach and warn each other, with all wisdom, by singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in speech or action, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus and give thanks to God the Father through him. Jesus is the word of God for all people. Thanks be to God. Usually in the fall, when there's a cool breeze instead of sweltering heat and humidity, I tell myself, I want to be a runner. You can laugh, because I do too. I do too. I laugh too, and I pull out the old running shorts and those technical shirts that wick away the sweat. I don't want to hurt myself, so usually I go get a new pair of running shoes. That's about one of the things I can do to, to not hurt myself. The t-shirt is stained and ratty looking, and the elastic pants, well, let's just say they've stretched. They've stretched a good bit when I put them on, but I don't care, because when I put them on, I feel good. I feel like a runner. I remember those times when I ran, ran long distance, and, and it felt, felt so good. It makes me remember that's part of who I am. It all started when, when one of the ladies in our church, Lila, said, I want to start a running club. Let's start a running club here at the church. And she promised that anyone who would join, that running would make them feel better. And she promised, she promised that she could do this in a way in which we would not get hurt. No one would hurt themselves. And she promised that if you were part of this group, you would lose weight, which is when I said, I'm in, I'm in. And the first time that we gathered, she took us in the neighborhoods around the church, and she had this timer on her, and, and the timer would go off after 30 seconds, and then after a minute and a half. 30 seconds of running, and then a minute and a half to catch our breath and walk. 30 seconds run, a minute and a half to walk. And each week, we would gather. We were supposed to meet during the week, too, to do this on our own, but on Saturdays, we would gather and encourage one another. And the times changed over time so that we were running more and walking and walking less. And when we got to where we were running a minute on, a minute off, walk a minute, run a minute, she said, let's register for a race. 
And we all did what Lila said. So we registered for a turkey trot, which was fun. And then I began to think, am I going to embarrass myself? Am I going to embarrass myself? Because there will be people healthier who are at this tr turkey trot who are real runners. Real runners. And, and I, am I a real runner? This person who just goes a minute walk, a minute run, is that really running? And you show up at the turkey trot and there's people there that are wearing not just old, old shirts and they're wearing this... I've never seen clothes like this before. They're this technical stuff. And I've never seen the gadgets that they're wearing. And, 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 and some of them are talking about how, how they, they warmed up with a 10K before they ran the 5K. And, and I'm just, and I'm wondering, am I? Am I a real runner? Am I a real runner? Laura DeChoy compares questions like this. Am I a real runner? To what the Colossians were going through. She suggests perhaps they were asking, am I a real Christian? What is a real Christian? What does a real Christian look like? Because there are people in this church that are saying things like, like we read in Colossians 2, like, like you start with Jesus. But that's the basic package. You need to do something more to reach the silver package. And, 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 and you start with Jesus and there's more you need to do if you're going to reach that gold level package. It starts with Jesus, they're saying. Some of them are saying, well, you're, you're going to follow Jesus. Well, well, Jesus was a Jew and he only ate certain foods. And, and, and he went to the festivals three times a year, just like the law says. And so if you're going to follow this Jew, you need to do that too. You don't need to eat pork anymore, no more shrimp. And, and you, you, you need to go to the Jerusalem and, and celebrate these three festivals, just like the law says, if you're really going really to follow Jesus. Others are saying, if you want to really be a Christian, yes, it starts with Jesus. But there are, are ways of, of experiencing God. There's, there's knowing who the angels are and worshiping, worshiping the right angels. And, and they're saying things like, like you need to, to, to do these disciplines that, well, might even be harmful. But, but they promise that if you, if you, if you do these, these things, then you will have a spiritual experience like no other. If I haven't had a spiritual experience, am I a Christian? If I don't follow the law, am I a Christian? That's what the people in Colossians are wondering. And Paul sends them this letter to say, yes, yes, it does start with Jesus. But it's not a yes and. It starts with Jesus and it ends with Jesus. Jesus is there at the beginning of creation, the firstborn of all creation, and Jesus is also the firstborn of those resurrected. And, 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 and from the beginning 
to the end, it is all Jesus, Paul writes, from beginning to end. And, and this process of growing, this is not a process of growing so that now you can do these spiritual, spiritual disciplines and now you can have these spiritual experiences or now you've, you've gotten where you can eat a certain way or, or, or attend certain festivals a certain way. It is a process of growing like Jesus, the beginning and the end. It is a process of growing like Jesus in love of God and love of neighbor. It is not about the spiritual accomplishments. It is about being more and more like Jesus. And what is Jesus like? Compassion. Kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, tolerant, forgiving, love. Put on these, Paul says. Put on these like a runner putting on the right shoes and the right clothes and knowing this is who you are, put on these because you are connected to Jesus. That is who you really are. And you were created to be this kind of person. There is no begin with Jesus and then once you're ready, you're, you're going on to something else. It is begin with Jesus and walk with Jesus. Set your face on things above where Jesus sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. Your face, your mind on Jesus. And know that that is God's desire that you grow in this way. Like Jesus, holy, beloved, compassionate, kind, humble. This is why we've been emphasizing giving thanks. Not just because Jesus gave thanks. We've been emphasizing giving thanks as a spiritual discipline a practice that can help you grow, that can help you be open to the movement of the Holy Spirit within your life so that you can grow into the person God is calling you to be. Spiritual disciplines are, are not a competition to see who can pray the longest, who can read their Bible the longest, who can get up the earliest in the morning. Spiritual disciplines are like scaffolding that help you build. The purpose is not to be good at the spiritual disciplines. The purpose is to allow these disciplines and practices like giving thanks to shape you and form you. They're kind of like um, in my last house, there was this, this fence across the backyard and, and, and muscadine vines on the fence and you could pick the fruit, the muscadines, not as much fruit when it's lying on the ground, but the fence held up the vines. And that allowed the vine to become what it was meant to be, to flourish and grow and produce fruit. And that's what practices 
like giving thanks intentionally, reading scripture, gathering in small groups, gathering in worship, are meant to do to bear fruit within us, spiritual fruit, to help us shape and grow into these kind of people, people who are tolerant, people who forgive, people who love, people who love. That's what spiritual disciplines are meant to do. Now, the thing is, though, that when you run, you can't just put on some clothes and say, I'm going to run. You have to add to that some structure. You have to be able to say, I'm going to do this and not that. I guess what I'm trying to say is that if you want to say yes to something, you got to say no to something else. If you want to run, it's more than just putting on the right clothes and the right shoes. You got to say no to sleeping in in the morning. You got to say no, maybe to something you enjoy doing in the afternoon. You got to say no so that you have this time set aside for training. And that is, too, part of the spiritual disciplines is, is learning how to say no and understanding that relationship between the two. One of the ways that I have said no was there have been times when I have taken on the practice of fasting once a week. John Wesley used to say he would not ordain anyone who did not fast every Wednesday and Friday. I don't think I don't think um, I don't think anyone expects Methodist ministers to be doing that anymore. But um, he thought it was important, and I think of him as a voice of wisdom. So I started fasting once a week, not twice. And um, it seemed to be something. I didn't know if it was doing anything, but once a week I would just drink water. And then one day, evening actually, Ed and I were taking Matt to Boy Scouts. And we got there and Matt said, and Ed said, I'm just going to run in with Matt. And I'm going to get the information about the next thing that they're doing. I'll be back in a minute. You know where I'm going when somebody says I'll be back in a minute, right? Right. Instead of just getting the paperwork and information about the next thing that the scouts were doing, Ed found himself helping the scout leaders and helping the scouts as I am sitting in the car waiting for us to go out and eat dinner. And I pick up a book that I happen to have and my journal and start journaling and reading. And the next thing I know is two hours later. And Ed's back. And no, we did not go to dinner while Matt was at Boy Scouts. And I realized that I hadn't even noticed. I had a patience I had not had because of a practice. 
I had learned in the fasting that I didn't have to be driven by the clock. I didn't have to say it's 6 p.m. and now I eat. I had been growing in my patience by not having to have things my own way. By a practice where I would not get my own way. By saying no, at least one day a week, by saying no, I was saying yes to God. And God was shaping me and forming in ways with patience that I didn't even realize until I was in that circumstance of, of waiting, waiting for two hours. This Thanksgiving, part of Thanksgiving, and saying I'm going to be intentional about giving thanks, part of this is growing in humility. God uses our practice of giving thanks to help us to realize how much comes from God, how much we need God. When we give thanks for the food, we're reminded that God is the provider. And when we give thanks for our family, we're reminded that this too is a gift from God. It, it builds our relationship with God in, in a way that when we begin to recognize every gift as from God, we begin to learn that we can trust God, lean on God, depend on God. Thanksgiving changes relationships. It changes our relationships with other people. When we look for ways to be thankful for other people, it changes how we think about them, how we relate to them. When you're apart from a spouse, if you're, you're thinking of the reasons to be thankful for them instead of the ways they drive you crazy, it helps in the relationship. To say thanksgiving is to say, no, I'm not going to spend my energy criticizing. I'm going to say yes to giving thanks. And I'm going to say no to looking, down, looking for reasons to pull other people down. And it changes. It changes who we are. It's God's spirit working in and through until we get to that point, and this is real spiritual growth, I think. When, when we can be happy, when we can be happy that the brother-in-law got a new car and be happy for them instead of wishing that we had one. When the co-worker and I just will not use this language in the chancel area for the, the things that some coworkers do. But as always, um, let's just say representing a team's work as their own work and gets the, gets the raise, gets the promotion. Instead of comparing, can we look for ways to be thankful? in that situation, to be thankful that, well, now people are going to see what they can't do. 
Lord, just to be thankful. There is a job. There is a place where I work. There is a team that I'm part of. And to give thanks in that way. Thanksgiving can transform how we see other people. And to want what's best for the other person. Thanksgiving helps in that way as well. It helps us to see the person for who they are and their gifts. And when we give thanks for someone else's gifts and skills rather than them wondering, wondering if, if there's some kind of competition, and that way it heals. It heals our relationships. To say yes, to say yes, you have to say no. To say yes to kindness and patience, well, I think it says no to, to staying up late. Because when I stay up late the next day, I can be not so kind and not so patient. Saying yes to God, I want to be the person that you're calling me to be. I want to be more like this Jesus who is kind and patient and forgiving. I want to be like that person who gives thanks. Saying yes to God often requires a no. And that's why you have a paper bag. You've been wondering about that. Where is your paper bag? You got them too. <laughs> what would you put in here to help you say no? Where do you need to say no? In our Wednesday night class this last, or two weeks ago, we were talking about turning inward and how people have an inward shape to them. This is from the time of Augustine, this idea that people are broken and they're broken inward. They're always looking inside with anxiety, looking inside with anger, looking inside. Do I have enough? Have I gotten enough? And, and, and as I'm describing this, this language of curved inward, David Howe, who's now one of my favorite theologians, he's Sarah Howe's husband, David, David Howe says, you know, I've seen that. I've seen that before. I've seen people holding cell phones look that way. And I was just like, brokenness and cell phones? And I thought about how lately when I pray, Sometimes I find myself holding my cell phone and I do not know how it got in my hand. And maybe I need to put the cell phone in the bag and some kind of discipline of fasting 
from the cell phone so that in those times when I want to not have a cell phone in my hand because I want to be paying attention to what God is saying and doing, that I've practiced not holding the cell phone in my hand day in and day night. What would you put in your bag? I rush a lot. I rush a lot. It seems like there's always something I need to do. So, so perhaps it would be making times of slowing down. When I was running more seriously, I had this blog. It was called Faster Pastor. I had a tagline on my blog. It said, it's how I drive, not how I run. <laughs> because I do tend to drive a little fast in a hurry. But maybe if I weren't in such a hurry and practiced slowing down, I would see the people around me and hear what they're saying and hear them and see them in a way that is more loving than thinking about where I need to be next and what I need to do next. And then there's this thing. The credit cards, the wallet, the worries and the fears. Can I just trust God? Can I just trust God? Yeah. Yeah. What would you put in your bag? To what do you need to practice saying no to in order to grow in your relationship with God? To grow and you're being present with other people. What would you put in the bag? It's important. It's important. You know, I, when I was wondering, am I a runner? Because I sure am the slowest thing and person in this race. I sure am the slowest person that could be in this race. Am I really a runner? I saw this quote from George Shahan. He was a legendary runner. He wrote multiple books on running. He had this uh, column on Runner's World for years and years and years. And, and he said the difference between a jogger and a runner is not how fast you run. The difference is, have you registered for a race? Have you registered for a race? Have you said, this I want to do. This I want to train for. This I want to be part of. And the Paul says, yeah. Yeah. You are Christians. But stay in the race. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's say yes, yes to the things of Jesus, even if that means saying no, no to ourselves in some way. Let us pray.
to know you, to love you, to lean on you, to depend on you, to trust in you, that what you want is so good. Oh, dear God, nudge us, lead us, point us, free us, free us from that which binds. Help us to say no, that we may say yes to you and your ways more fully. Amen.